what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. Hello, weary internet travelers, and welcome once again to an episode of the Before and After Show. Um, If you haven't listened to the show before, here's how it works. Each week, I take a film that I've never seen before, I let you know what I'm going to think about it, and then I go watch that film, and the following week, I come back and tell you what I thought about that film. Uh, Right now, we're in the middle of our summer blockbuster extravaganza, and we've hit all the major tent poles so far, and we're going to keep that rolling today with a... uh, a film 65 year, million years in the making, or whatever the tagline to its <laughs> original sequel, uh, original uh, Inception was. Um, I'm joined by the man behind the music that you hear in every episode once again, returning guest Corey Tyndall. Hello, internet world. Hey, how's it going? Good. You still liking the music? Yeah, it's All awesome. Right. Thank you for the thank you for the bass lines. Uh, I'm, I've been putting some of those in because they're sweet. Yeah. Um, before we hop into what... Uh, <clears throat> What we're going to be talking about today, um, have you been watching anything? I know we talked about a couple things off mic, but we can talk about things on mic too. Okay, well, I can like mention some of the things I've watched. You, a lot of the stuff you've mentioned before on the show. So, been to the movies a lot, um, seen a couple things, you know, just some kind of bubblegum summer movies. So like Pitch Perfect 2, mm-hmm. you know, my wife's a singer, so she enjoys those. So it was funny. Uh, I saw Hot Pursuit. Vergara and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, recently Oscar-nominated Reese Witherspoon. Not for that movie. <laughs> Saw that. Um, I've seen Avengers a couple times. Okay, I know and you've you've spoken at length about that. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, it's the first episode I did in the summer blockbuster extravaganza. So. MJ still stands behind that. San Andreas is more entertaining than. I just think it's a, I don't know if it's more entertaining, but it's a better movie. Yeah. Like, it's more coherent as, yep. like, it knows what it is more than the Avengers knows what it yeah. is. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it better in my brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but you've seen it twice now. Yep. And you liked it better the second time. I did like it better the second time, but that's also because I had a better sense of the structure and... You kind of expected it to be all over the place. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know if that's fair when you go into watching a movie. I feel like... The initial package should present itself in a way where it's like, this is coherent. I can figure out what the story is. Not a lot of, like, all these random side tangents where it's like, you need to have watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And this is, like, preparation for Phase 3. And, like, all these obscure, like... Like, these scenes were in Agent Carter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, stuff like that. But it was enjoyable. I like the Avengers. Um, Kind of excited for Civil War. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I don't know why it's called Captain America Civil War. I feel like they should yeah. just call it the Avengers Civil War, but whatever. Yeah. I feel like half of Age of Ultron was just like, Phase 3, look, Captain America and Iron Man don't get along. <laughs> That's so what it should have been called. It should have been called the Avengers, colon, look, Captain America and Iron Man don't get along. There's seriously so many scenes where they fight, and then they even physically like get into it near yeah. the end. So, yeah, I just couldn't help but think, 
just being pulled out of the movie, it's like, yeah, okay, Civil War. This is I, a promo for Civil War. I think the only scene where that really worked was the scene where they're chopping wood. Yeah. I, I liked that scene quite a bit. Yeah, that was a good scene. That's pretty much it. You know, yeah. as far Well, as far as those scenes, like, those, like, they're mad at each other. Yeah. Scenes go. I think that's the only one that was like, this feels like it would actually happen in yeah. the context of the movie, not just. But you kind of get their motivations for, the... for like when we go into civil war. It's not just completely like, oh, they hate each other. You know? Yeah. So I understand that. So saw that, and then the other only like kind of noteworthy thing is like I've watched Daredevil on Netflix, and we were talking about it a little bit off mic. Yeah. Amazing. Go it's watch so it if you're listening. Stop what you're doing right now and go watch it. Well, maybe finish the show first. <laughs> well, yeah. Then finish the show but yep. it's so good yeah it is it's really good and then go watch mad max that's what you can do you can sit I in a room for 13 that. hours <laughs> and then go watch mad max and then you will be a mushy person your brain will just be mushy exploded <laughs> yeah um no daredevil is great i don't know if i've talked about it on the show or not but yeah you go you mentioned it a little bit but i just feel like it's the best thing marvel has done yeah in a while i mean even if you like age of ultron i feel like daredevil it, it's a different side of Marvel, yeah. but it's very well done. Yeah, man, <laughs> it's good. It's not for the children's. Uh, no, nope. not at all. Even if you're a little bit squeamish, there's points where it's like I feel like the baseline violence is like a nine out of ten. There's a couple times where it like spikes up to eleven. Just small instances, but overall, it's just it's very well paced. The characters are expertly casted. I Vincent D'Onofrio is great yes. as uh, Wilson Fisk. He's so good. We'll come back to him later because he is. Oh, crap. That's <laughs> right. I keep forgetting about that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk more Spoilers, about that. Spoilers, guys. Again. He's in Jurassic World. Uh, uh, you can hear the excitement brewing in MJ's voice. Anyway, so yeah, watch Daredevil. Really good. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is really what good. about you, MJ? What have you watched? Nothing. Um, Nothing. I haven't really watched anything. I kind of started this movie Friday night that I will probably talk about in depth next week called His Girl Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a film from 1940 starring Cary Grant, and it is the dialogue is insane. Okay. Um, like it, funny insane? Funny. It's, it's funny, but it's very snappy, and it's because they were instructed to start their next line in the three words before the other person finished speaking. Oh. <laughs> so, the, yeah. So the it's very, like, overlapping. And the reason I was watching it is because um, that's how a lot of these guys, like the Seth Rogans and, and these sort of, like, mm-hmm. bro comedies that yeah. are out now, they have a lot of that, that overlapping dialogue like that, but they edit it that way. Oh. So they edit it and manipulate it to make it sound that way. And in 1940, you couldn't edit it yeah. that way. You had to do it that way. Wow. So it's just like... <laughs> these guys are doing it, but they're really lazy about it. Whereas in His Girl Friday, they had to do it that way. And so if you watch it, it's just like, it's it's exhausting to watch because it's just everyone's talking all at the same time and you don't know what to do. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What'd they say? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it like, it takes place in like a newspaper. Yeah. Um, And so they're all journalists. So it's Mm -hmm. like the, you know, the fast paced world of journalism is kind of how it feels. And it feels very, uh, even though it came out in 1940, it feels very much of that era. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially like thirties, like that, like, like that, that way of talking (laughs) is, is very present in this. And it's even heightened from, I think what we're, used to mm-hmm. um because of the overlapping dialogue like that yeah. so yeah i started watching that i haven't finished it yet it's it's really good i mean cary grant is cary grant yeah, so, so 
um, in a very different role. He's a he's a <laughs> sleaze ball in this movie, and uh, yeah, it's just it's really funny. There are two things I, I did want to recommend. Um, one is if you're an animation nerd. I recently went to a yard sale um, held by your church, actually. Oh yeah. So um, find and some golden treasure. Yeah, I they had a ton of movie books there yeah i'll show them to you off mic i got a box of them wow yeah and uh one of them the the first one i started reading for reasons i can't explain yeah it just kind of that cover jumped out at me it isn't even about film at all it's about television and it's called the moose that roared and it's a history of (laughs) j ward productions Mm -hmm. and rocky and bullwinkle really yeah and it is fascinating wow it's really good it's like an almost 400 page book wow. about Jay Ward and, and his production company and Bill Scott and, and mm. all the people involved with getting Rocky and Bullwinkle to where it was. And yeah. it made me want to go back and watch it because I've never watched it as a grown person. Yeah. And the way it's described on the show and some of the, the excerpts of dialogue they <clears> put in there, it feels like 30 rock. Almost. Really? Yeah. Like that level of like satire and like weird joke and like surrealism that 30 Rock has, it feels like they stole it from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, because like 30 Rock feels like they stole from the Muppets, and now that I'm reading this, it feels like the Muppets stole from Rocky and Bullwinkle. And oh. I like, I'm not that far into the book, but I'm almost willing to bet that Jim Henson looked at Rocky and Bullwinkle Probably. as a template for the type of humor in the Muppets, um, mm-hmm. for just being appealing to children and adults. Yeah. Like having this like very kid-friendly facade but then mm-hmm. like these like there's these like weird cold war jokes in between <laughs> it and like these like stabs at critics like one of them is uh rocky's like bullwinkle did you they they said an a bomb do you know what that means and he goes well a bomb is what the critics call our show and like they like break, <laughs> they like step out and like get meta with it and i was that's like awesome. oh that's weird that's awesome. um and so, so it's just about the guys behind that and, yeah. and how interesting that is. And, like, it makes you think a lot about television because it's something we've, take, we've taken for granted because mm-hmm. we've always had it. Yeah. But, like, these guys were at the birth of television and they were like, no, there's something in this medium that we can do. And especially, like, post-World War II. Yeah. Because that's when it really all starts to take off, right? Like, mm-hmm. t- TV gets introduced in 1950 and, and by 59... By 59 is when Rocky and Bullwinkle uh, hits the airwaves. And so it's just this nine-year journey of, like, TV being new and these guys, like, figuring it out. Yeah. And, like, how important on the post-World War II economy mm-hmm. television was um, and why there was such a boom yeah. after that war was over. So it's, like, it's very, like, I don't know. It, it makes you think about it in a, in a, in a very interesting way. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of the first history book I've read on pop culture. Yeah. And so I've never really looked at history through that lens, aside from like the films I watched that are of that era, yeah. which are, are good, but to have like the stories even behind that is mm-hmm. even better. And it, I don't know. It's really interesting. Wow. That, yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah. So I have that. And then there's like, um, I have a book Leonard Malton wrote about the history of American animated films and, and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. that I, I picked up. And wow. I'll be talking about them as I'm reading them, which is very slowly, but I'll be reading <laughs> them. And uh, the second thing I want to talk about is I was just listening to him this morning. I may have talked about this guy on the podcast before, but maybe not. And it's the music of Tom Lehrer. Uh, L-E-H-R-E-R. If you like comedy and music at all, you need to get familiar with Tom Lehrer. 
right. Um, he is a former and current mathematician who had a short musical career in like the first five or six years of the 60s mm-hmm. and then left it to go be a professor at, uh, I want to say MIT, maybe yeah. not though. Um, he ended up in San Jose and now he's he's there. He's like 80-something now and he's he just hangs out in San Jose. But he... <clears throat> he, uh... He was a mathematician and then, like, became this, like, satirist. Yeah. But through music. So he's a piano player. Mm-hmm. And so he's got, like, all these, these like, piano songs, but with, like, insanely hilarious lyrics and, like, really, like, pointed satire. Like, very in-your-face. Yeah. Like, to the point where I kind of can't believe he got away with saying some of the stuff he said. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, very, like, he very left-wing. Yeah. Um, so he's he's got a lot of, like, jabs at the Vietnam War and... Mm-hmm. and um, jabs about like racism in the South. Like he has a song called uh, "Take Me Back to Dixie," and it's all about like Jim Crow laws and oh. and like how he can't wait to go back. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, something. He has some line about like I can't wait to go back where there's no mixing down oh. in Dixie, and I was like, whoa, You're like, that does not fly. <laughs> yeah, and like it's just this like very like sharp satire at those mm-hmm. kinds of things and. Um, he's also got these, like, just also super dark and weird songs called, like, uh, Poisoning poisoning Pigeons in the Park. And it's, like, an extremely well-written song with all this alliteration in the lyrics. Like, he's a genius. And if you like Weird Al at all, you need to get familiar with Tom Lair because I don't <laughs> understand how Weird Al exists without Tom Lair being a huge influence on him. So, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Check out Tom Lair. He's hilarious. He's so funny. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched anything this week. So the last before episode, we, uh, played a little game by the name of Double Feature. And I believe that we are going to play again, correct? Yes, round two. Round two. How this game works is, uh, we each, uh, well, we'll take turns taking two cards out of, um, any one of these six decks. Uh, you take one from... You can take one from, like, characters or one from setting, and you read the two cards, and they will give uh, criteria, and we will have one minute to figure out as many movies as ca- as we can that uh, fit that criteria. All right. Um, do you want to go first? Yes. Okay. I'll go cool. first. So, pick a theme and genre card, and we'll pick a setting card. So... We should be able to knock this out of the park. Love story for theme and genre and setting in the future. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, her. Back to the future. Back to the future. All right. Um, her. Uh, Gattaca? Would you consider Gattaca a love story? I've never seen that. Oh, oh man. You need to watch Gattaca. That would be so good. Um, is Elysium technically? Is there like a love story? There's kind of a love story, I guess. I don't know. I hate that movie. Yeah, um, it was not good. The uh, Time Traveler's Wife? That takes place <laughs> in the future for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Okay. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, uh, uh, I think Ex Machina is the, that oh, new one that's yeah. out. I think that's a little bit of a love story set in the future. Um, Bicentennial Man? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's... Or is he... From the future in our timeline. I... No, I think it's a future timeline that we have. Oh. Yep. And... Uh, one minute. 
All right. That was harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, MJ's turn. I'm going to go with production. I like this deck a lot. And scenes. All righty. Wow. <laughs> wow. For real? All right, production. It's based on the Bible, Shakespeare, or a comic book. Wow. Yep. We're in the right place today. Yeah. <laughs> scenes. There's a big meal, a big deal, or a big bang. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and go. The Passion of the Christ? Isn't there a Last Supper scene in that? Yep. Okay, cool. Son of God? Yep. Yep. Last Supper in that? Yep. Noah. Noah? Yep. I yeah, would Russell say there's Crow. a big bang. Um, Exodus, Gun Kings. Yep. Iron Man. Iron Man. I mean, all the comic book movies. Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises with the bomb at the end. What's Shakespeare? What to Do About Nothing. The new one with the newer one. The Joss Whedon one? Yeah. Okay. Winter's Tale? Is Winter's Tale based on Shakespeare or the Bible? I don't know. It, it's a play that he wrote, but I don't know if that recent film was based off of it. Okay. No, it was based off of a novel. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I okay. never saw it. Got um, it. Midsummer Night's Dream, does that have a deal in it? Is that yes. A... Yeah. And that's time. Cool. Yeah, there was there was like a marriage something or other, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, there's a lot of romance relationships back and forth. Uh, so that's double feature. Um, I think we will be uh, playing this again in the future. Yeah. Um, it's super fun. You can get it yourself. It's like 20 bucks. And I like it. Uh, we will be back after this sweet jam from Corey Tyndall himself to discuss uh, two very different movies that are a little bit connected. Yes. back all right so the reason we're here today is to discuss <laughs> a summer blockbuster that we have not seen yet as that it's not out yet mm -hmm. as well as a film that is loosely very loosely yes. connected uh to it um namely the the producer directed the first film we're going to be talking about today mm -hmm. um and so the 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 summer blockbuster we're going to be talking about later is jurassic world the yeah. latest entry in the Jurassic Park franchise. Maybe. <laughs> and, uh, or the second entry or what? Anyway. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but the first film we're going to be talking about is a film from 1970. Oh, is it late 70s? Yeah. Okay. Um, 1971. That's not my phone. I had it and I didn't memorize it. Uh, yeah. is a film from 1971. It's a, actually a made-for-TV film. Yeah. Um, directed by the producer of Jurassic World, Steven Spielberg. And this is Steven Spielberg's first film. It's yeah. his directorial debut. <laughs> and I've never seen it. And I'm really excited to watch this movie. I'm excited to see it too. Now, <laughs> before... We're going to talk about this in a second. But just so the listeners have something to look forward to. 
You have a history with this film. I do have a history with this film, even and, though I have not seen it all the way through. Yes. Um, and it's a very amusing history. <laughs> and when I read it, I got super excited for you to be on this episode. Yeah. But before we get into your history with it, uh, let's tell them what it's about. Okay. So it's 1971. This guy named um, Richard Matheson writes a short story that gets published in Playboy magazine, of all places. Yeah. About a truck that is a killer truck like it chases (laughs) it chases down motorists um in like out in the wild and like runs them off the road and kills them it's like there's no driver um yeah there is a driver in the movie duel there is someone who plays the driver there's one shot of him i was reading on the trivia page really yeah okay so it's, but mainly it's the truck. Yeah. Like, the idea is that the truck has a mind of its own and it's killing these people. And he wrote this story based off of an experience he had with a truck driver that wouldn't stop tailgating him on the road. And the reason that experience stuck in his mind is because he was learning about the assassination of JFK because it happened on the same date that that happened and so he was listening to the radio heard the news and this truck driver was tailgating him and that experience stuck in his mind and so he wrote this story about it that is amazing yep (laughs) um so he wrote the story the story gets published in playboy magazine Mm -hmm. someone one of spielberg's friends reads it and says you should make this into a movie and gives him the issue of playboy with duel in it spielberg reads duel and decides to make it into a movie because richard Matheson was a writer on Twilight Zone, and he liked the episodes of Twilight Zone that Richard Matheson had uh, written. Oh, okay. So it kind of it's kind of got a more convoluted history than you would think. Wow. And um, he ends up making the film, and the idea was originally to make it for theaters. It didn't quite make it to theaters, mm-hmm. and they ended up releasing it on. They ended up going the TV movie route with yeah. it. Yeah. Well, they ended up shooting 20 minutes of extra footage for it and releasing it in Europe in theaters. Oh. Yeah. So it did get a theatrical release eventually, but in the States it came out on television. Mm -hmm. So this is Spielberg's first film. It is very much sort of a monster film. Yeah. Like his his, uh, feature-length directorial debut, Jaws, Mm -hmm. is, is a monster film. But this is the OG original... (laughs) <laughs> uh, Spielberg movie. So, wh- I mean, now that's the history <laughs> of this film. And before we get into what our expectations for it are, you have a personal history. With I this do film. have a personal history with this film. Ugh. Well, where to start? So, just even like you were talking about the idea of like, I don't know if you guys have ever been driving and like ever been tailgated by a semi, but it is. It's terrifying. It's horrible. Yeah. And so, probably like two summers ago, my wife and I were driving back from someplace, and we're like in the middle of Utah, like driving in desert, and this semi gets up like right behind me, you know, we're going like 50 miles an hour, and like, you know, it's a divided highway, so he can't pass, and I'm doing like 10 over the limit, and he's still tailgating me, and just, I just remember being there, and all these memories of clips from this movie duel flood back into my mind and i start telling my wife about it and essentially like the my history with it is like as as a young child so i'm trying to think maybe like five or six or whatever you know because this was a direct to tv movie i caught 
I caught scenes of like my dad watching this movie. Um, and that's why I say like I haven't seen the movie all the way through, but I've seen these different scenes, like the sequences where like the truck is chasing this guy in the car, like tailgating him. There's a scene at one point in the movie, like I think it's at the beginning or like halfway through when he's trying to like call for help mm -hmm. and like he gets into the phone booth and he's like calling and like people are like, you're crazy. And then the semi just like goes into gear and like almost runs him over. It just takes out the phone booth. And I just remember being like terrified of like, and because throughout the whole movie, you never actually get like a shot of like who is driving the semi. So right. it just seems like it's like this disembodied semi that's like possessed or something trying to kill this guy. And there's there's barely like any dialogue like from what I can remember the scenes I saw. It's just kind of like this tense kind of adrenaline movie. And so I just remember being so freaked out by that like... What's going to happen to this guy? Like, why is this truck chasing him? Is the truck evil? And so I, I always, like, kind of chalked it up to, like, oh, it must have been, like, a bad dream or something. Like, that movie doesn't actually really exist. It must have, you know, like... But then MJ was like, oh, Corey, come on the show, and, like, you know, we'll do Jurassic World, and I've chosen this film. And so, like, um, I looked up the film, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that film exists. It's real. I loved in your email... <laughs> Because your email back to me when you, when I said duel, you said when you looked it up, you were like, this is that crazy truck movie. Yes. And I just got this like very vivid mental image of you saying <laughs> this is that crazy truck movie sitting at your laptop and it was fantastic. Uh, so that's your personal history with duel. Yes. I actually don't know a lot about the reception that Duel received, aside from the fact that it paved the way to Spielberg being able to make Jaws when the rest is history from there. Yeah. And uh, spoilers, we are going to be talking about Jaws very in-depth in the next couple weeks. Um, they are re-releasing it to theaters on June 21st, Father's Day. In 3D? Uh, not in 3D. Um, just a re-release of the, the... Is it like an anniversary release? Yeah, it's the okay. 40th anniversary of the film existing. And so, or the film coming out. And it was the first blockbuster. And mm -hmm. uh, that's why we're going to be talking about it. Uh, mainly because I don't want to go see Ted 2. <laughs> and uh, <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the only thing opening that weekend. So I'd rather talk about Jaws, which yeah. is one of my favorite films of all time. But... Um, then you'll like this one. That's it's the like vibe Jaws, I get from it. Yeah, it's like Jaws on the road. Yeah, it, I was describing it to my fiance <laughs> as Jaws with a truck, and she was like, "That doesn't sound interesting at all." <laughs> so I was reading up on this movie, and Spielberg's approach is uh, very Spielberg. It, mm -hmm. it feels um, it, it just like everything I was reading. It's like you can hear he had such a clear identity of who he was as a director from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, the uh, a couple of the stories I read is that, and I think this is what separates like the good from the bad in terms of a creator. He was inspired by Godzilla movies really? to make this movie, and he wanted to make a Godzilla movie with a truck. And I was like, what a, like, I think that <laughs> separates you as a creator. Where, yeah. like, you can reappropriate these things you've seen in your brain and, like, kind of disassemble them and, like, want to keep the essence of them and then reassemble them yeah. and put it out in the world as something. I guarantee you people that watch this movie are going to be like, oh, this is like a Godzilla movie. Mm -mm. But, like, if you know that, you might be able to see a little yeah. bit of, like, touches of that here and there. And so I just, I really mm -hmm. like that. And, um, 
there's a story about the guy who plays the truck driver saying, well, why do I want to kill this guy? What's my motivation for wanting to kill this guy? And Spielberg just goes, you're a dirty, no good son of a bitch. (laughs) And that's it. And that's it. Wow. And the guy was like, all right. Okay. Cool. I can roll with that. Yep. And so, I mean, if you watch the special features on the Jaws Blu-ray, you hear him talk about how much more arrogant he was as a filmmaker back then. He's much more cautious now. And uh, full disclosure, with Jaws coming out on June 21st, I've already seen Jaws in a theater once this year. There was a local (laughs) theater that did like an unauthorized screening of it, and I went to go see it. And Mm -hmm. it just seeing it on a big screen made me realize how ambitious that movie was for a first movie. I don't know how long it's been since you've seen Jaws. I don't want to slobber all over Jaws in this, but it's hard not to because Jaws is the film that followed up Duel. Um, There's just so many things in that movie where I was like, I can't believe he got this made in 1975. Like, I don't understand how how that works. And and, and his you, first movie right out yeah, the gate. Yeah. Yeah. And like Duel, it seems like that that essence is very much present. Like it was very arrogant of him to take on the killer truck movie, <laughs> I think, just in general. But my understanding of this movie is that there are flourishes of what we see in Jaws mm-hmm. fully fleshed out. Like the tension seems to be like yeah. amped. I mean, from scenes that like I recall, there's just like this sense of tension anxiety and it's like but but it's like it's so simplistically done because it's just it's this man in this truck you know and like yeah from what i remember the dialogue is very minimal and it's just wow so uh, besides closure what are you expecting from this film yes it will give me closure all those sleepless nights um (laughs) I'm kind of expecting, like, you know, we're just saying it. It's going to be kind of like Jaws on the road. And I'm expecting it's just going to, like, kind of hit all those beats, kind of like Jaws does. And, you know, you're kind of be on the edge of your seat most of the time. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. I I love watching, like, first-time outings for directors. Now, the last time you were on the show, we watched not a first-time, not a directorial (laughs) debut of someone, but we watched a very early film in the filmography of Martin Scorsese. And that film was uh, New York, New York, starring Robert De Niro and uh, Liza Minnelli. And it didn't go so hot. We don't recommend it. It didn't go so hot. But I have much higher hopes for this film. Yes, as do I. It is significantly shorter. Yes. Um, it's an hour and a half, which is actually the version we'll be watching is the theatrical cut. Um, yeah. Not not the made-for-TV cut, which is only 74 minutes. This one's 90. Mm-hmm. I also was reading that in the theatrical cut, they had to adjust the aspect ratio because it's a big screen and it's a widescreen. And back then, all the TVs were square, right? Yeah. So they had to blow out the picture to be widescreen. Well, there are 18 instances where you can see the reflection of Spielberg in... <laughs> It, oh, like wow. and his equipment <laughs> in it because they had to put they had to str- like bring in the sides yeah. and they weren't expecting them to do that surprise <laughs> yep so i don't know if these are in this uh this dvd i bought or not but i think that's hilarious i am excited to watch this yeah i am too it just seems that, that idea is very suspenseful yeah um it's a very suspenseful idea and i, I think it's it touches on something very universal like you mm-hmm. said like jaws 
doesn't, but it is very scary still. Yeah. Um, but not all, like, we're pretty landlocked here. All yeah. I have to do is not go to the ocean, yep. and I don't have to worry about getting eaten by a shark. Exactly. Unless land sharks somehow become a thing. Yep. I can't help driving. Like, that's just a thing people have huh. to do. <laughs> and, like... Not only is it a thing people have to do, you can be a victim of that being a passenger. Like, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter where you are in a car, you can be affected by this someone like this. It seems like this guy doesn't do anything, and it's just like, this demonic semi is yeah. after him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, I really like the premise of this, of this film, and I, I think it's gonna be... I don't know if it's gonna be Jaws great, I don't expect it to be Jaws great, um, because that movie's lightning in a bottle, but I do expect to see, like... The Spiel, like I do expect to see Spielberg yeah. in it, like all over it's it. Very him, yeah. Which is just crazy that he would have that voice so early on. Yeah, you're talking about that concentrated vision of like this is what I want to do. Yeah, and like his first movie. Yeah, that's I I can name maybe on a one hand <laughs> the the filmmakers that you get that vibe watching their first yeah. film, and Martin Scorsese is not one of them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think this movie is going to, I think, solidify for both of us why he's, he's one of the greats. Um, do you have a favorite Spielberg film? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like Jaws would be up there. It's definitely one of the best ones. Is Jaws, does it clinch the place for you? No pun intended. (laughs) You know, it's so hard. There's so because there's so many different facets of Spielberg, you know. Yeah. There's like Jaws Spielberg, but then there's Jurassic Park Spielberg, but then there's Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. Spielberg. But then there's like 21st Century. Spiel- <laughs> no, there's Spielberg in the last 10 years. No. <laughs> Hit or miss Spielberg yeah, is what I I'll call it because I, I loved a lot of the movies he's done in the 2000s. Uh, Minority Report's great. Um, I love The Terminal. I don't know if you've seen The Terminal no, or not. No, I never saw that with Tom Hanks, right? Yeah, you're borrowing that before you leave okay. here today. Because it it's is... so good. It is so good and jazz. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yep. Um, that's kind of a spoiler, actually, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I love that movie. I just... Uh, and he's got a new one coming out about the Cold War that, um, you know, for as hit or miss mm-hmm. as this guy's been in the last ten years... I go see every Spielberg movie just because he's Spielberg. He's just so good. Which, um, which leads us now. <laughs> yeah. Tintin. I like. Did you see Tintin? No, I didn't see I that. I loved Tintin so much. It was so great. It was just so great. Um, yeah. So I think Jaws might be my favorite Spielberg movie. It's really good. It's got to be between Jaws, Saving Private Ryan. That and, is a really good one too. And Jurassic Park. I think those are the top three. Yeah, for me, and they're all kind of right there. Like I don't know if I don't know if there's a better one out of those three necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they all tackle kind of like different genres. But yeah, they, for sure. They're three completely different yeah. movies. They're all so well done. Yeah, very well cast. Yeah, in my uh, he just operates on like a plane that most people don't, and <laughs> I just love him for it. So now we've talked about Spielberg's work as a director. And uh, Spielberg is part owner of DreamWorks um, with uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg and David Geffen, which is when you see DreamWorks SKG, it stands for Spielberg, Mm -hmm. uh, Katzenberg, Geffen. And uh, he takes on some films as a producer that I don't know about, but I completely (laughs) understand. 
And uh, by that, I mean Spielberg is a producer on all four Transformers films. Uh. Not great. But also, if someone came to me and was like, hey, I'm going to make a film out of Transformers, I would totally produce that. Not because Transformers is awesome, even though it is um, the franchise, the, the yeah. actual idea of them, not necessarily the Michael Bay films. But the, the idea of Transformers is really good. But also, that's printing money. Yeah. Like, no matter how good those movies are, you know at least the first couple of them are going to be uh, like crazy yeah. money makers. Yeah. So... I don't fault Spielberg for making the films as a producer that he makes. Yeah. Um, which are generally horrible. Um, did but he, he, did he, he produce on the TMT remake? The... No, the Michael Bay produced okay. on Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that was through Platinum Dunes, oh, which okay. is Michael Bay's production company. Okay. Um, no, he didn't produce on that. Although I, I would have totally understood yeah. if he if he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that leads us to Jurassic World, which Spielberg has decided not to direct. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows. And uh, he is a producer on it. And <laughs> I completely understand why he would be a producer on this movie yeah. and also not give a crap about how the quality of it. Because I feel like this movie is going to make a ton of money. Yep. I think it might win the summer. I think yeah. this movie might win the summer. As far as money really? goes, really, you think yeah. it's gonna beat out Avengers? I think it'll be close. I think these will be the top two. Yeah, um, I think Ant Man might be in third behind mm-hmm. uh, behind Jurassic World, but just because it's gonna make a lot of money does not mean it looks that good. So, Jurassic World takes place. <laughs> <sighs> you can hear the excitement that MJ has for wanting to talk about this. So, movie. Jurassic World is the fourth installment in the franchise of of the Jurassic Park franchise. But it, it's ignoring the Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 and is which is is kind of a good thing because if you have you seen those sequels? Yeah, I have. They're uh, they're they're kind of throwaway. I mean, the third one wasn't even the third one's horrendous. Yeah, the third one's horrible. So bad. And I mean, the second one's like half of a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like the best thing. I, like, yeah. way I can put it. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing is like, two was directed by Spielberg. Yeah, and it's not that good. <laughs> and he totally didn't direct the last one. No, yeah. he didn't at all. And it shows once again, like this one does. So it ignores those first two. And and takes place after the events of the first film. And now the park is open. For some reason, um, <laughs> for some reason, people were like, hey, remember when all those people got eaten? Let's try that again. And uh, so it, it's, it ignores the, the, the second two and, and takes place in this world where they've allowed the park to be open. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if there's this is the grand opening mm-hmm. of it or what, but it follows these two kids who go... To the park. Sound familiar? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> these two kids who go to the park uh, while it's open, and so it's, it's full of guests, and there are all these attractions, almost like SeaWorld with dinosaurs, basically. Yep. And uh, they have genetically engineered a, uh, a dinosaur that is learns very quickly and is very smart. The Indominus Rex. The Indominus Rex. And it gets loose and... and Jurassic Park happens again, <laughs> basically. Yay. But this time, there's an army of raptors controlled by a man. Yes. Um, uh. And the film stars Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio mm-hmm. are the three names I recognize from it. Yeah. Um, and man, uh, okay. Before okay. we before we get into that, 
we've talked about this a little bit before yeah. leading up <laughs> to it. So your thoughts on the Jurassic Park franchise are two and three aren't that good, but one is amazing. Yeah, one is amazing. Throw the other two away. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Jurassic World's supposed to kind of like retcon that or like whatever, but yeah, the first Jurassic Park is kind of like in a league of its own. And so not not to play the devil's advocate here, but like I I want to like this movie. I was telling mm-hmm. you like the other the other night we were like texting. I was like I want to like this movie and I just feel like it's going to be your kind of like big summer blockbuster monster movie or transformer movie like swap in dinos for you know transformers and that's what you have and i uh, and so that that's where that's where i am i want to like it um i like i like chris pratt you know i don't know how you feel about chris pratt but you know it's like my wife and i love parks and rec Mm -hmm. and so to see him like kind of like a homegrown like television actor kind of like break into the movie industry and you know i really like the lego movie I don't mm-hmm. know if you oh saw yeah that yeah you know i liked him in that i like guardians of the galaxy um you know mm-hmm. it was overhyped but i i liked it yeah and so like it's cool to see him in a big role like this but even for as good of an actor as he is it's like he can't save it i'm not really a big fan of bryce dallas howard um you know, it's just unfortunate. She was in, like, one of the movies I hate the most, Spider-Man 3. Oh, man, she is in that. Uh, I could I could go forever about that. But, yeah, so I'm not a big fan of her. And I just, I don't know. Like, when they first started to market this movie, they were trying to market it in a way that's, like, recapturing the magic of the original Jurassic Park movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, that's, I don't know if that's going to work. But then <laughs> in this latest trailer that came out about a month ago or Good a couple weeks ago. Lord. It's just like they totally just are like selling this movie for what it really is. Yeah. It's just like a big, big CGI dumb. mess of. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about the CGI dinosaurs in this film. Yes. Why? Why do they look worse than the 1993 movie? I don't know. They look so bad. I went back and like looked up the trailers like a couple days ago, the original Jurassic Park trailer, and then compared it with the latest Jurassic World trailer, I'm like, I, I don't know. Somehow, the original still, like, it's it still gets it right. It, it's so good. Those th- those effects in the original are going to look good 20 years from now. Yeah. And it's been 22 yeah. years since that movie came out. And it's incredible. Did you, get, did you get a chance to see it in 3D when it came out in 3D? No, I didn't. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. I... I I went and saw it in 3D. I'm whatever on 3D. I just wanted to see Jurassic Park in a theater again. And seeing it in a theater again, man, that movie holds up, I mean, perfectly. And and this movie, when the first teaser, when they first started, like, saying, hey, we're going to do this, I was like, eh, that's kind of cool. I kind of like the idea. Yeah. That's, like, that's, I I think, like, we can do this. Yeah. And then... (laughs) The first trailer came out and I was like, what the F is this? <laughs> and why is everything CGI, including the gate for the yeah. park? Um, Where's and, the real sets? Where They used animatronics in the first place. Yeah. I, everything is CGI'd and horrendous looking. And then this new trailer that came out, I was like, well, that was a teaser trailer. Maybe they'll update the, the look yeah. of these dinosaurs. Nope. Nope. The CGI from trailer to trailer changes 0%. And it just looks so cheap. It looks so cheap. 
Um, now, as far as Chris Pratt is concerned, yeah. I really like Chris Pratt yeah. as a person. Um, I think he looks terrible in this movie. It looks like he is completely miscast. Yeah. Or they at, le- at the very least, not necessarily miscast, but he has decided to play the role in a very strange way or... Or, like, they wrote for him in a really weird way. Like, yeah. the, just even some of the, like, the dialogue, like, between him and, like, the other characters, it just feels weird or stilted or yeah. something. He looks like, very, like, wooden in it. Like, his yeah. performance looks very, like, stiff. Yeah. And, like, he's got that line that's, like, it depends on what kind of dinosaur they cooked up in there. And I was like, that's the best you could do? Like, yeah. I don't it's know, like, man. It's about... What is it when he's talking about training the raptors? I mean, we can get back to that, but like, it's about like a relationship, mutual respect. And it's yeah, like, yeah. So ugh. yeah, okay. Let's talk about that. Okay. So the first trailer ends with these gates opening and these raptors shooting out of these gates, and it looks kind of cool. Like I yeah. was like, "That's awesome!" Cut to <laughs> cut to chris pratt on a motorcycle riding with these raptors at his side like he is the raptor cavalry going in to battle against the indominus rex and i was upset to say the least Uh, so he plays a a dinosaur trainer yeah he's figured out the brain of the dinosaur and and now trains them. which you know i when i watch jurassic park i'm like okay the dinosaurs can't be controlled like you know that that's part of the story but Again, playing kind of devil's advocate, if we found a way to actually pull off Jurassic Park in real life, it's like, I I think we'd find a way to train them because they're animals. And so it's like, it seems kind of far-fetched, but it just doesn't feel like it fits into the world of Jurassic Park. I know it's kind of like, yeah, but you could train them just like you could train dolphins or, you know, dogs or whatever, but... And I think they might be like, oh, well, they're genetically engineered anyway, so we gave them, like, the, you know the brains of like border collies or like a really smart dog. Like yeah. we, we like put some of their DA, DNA in it so that they learn easier or yeah. whatever. But I don't, I, that's so dumb. I know. Um, and we have, uh, we have, I don't remember his name, but the, the, the doctor. Oh, BD Wong. BD Wong. Yeah. Reprising his role from the original as an in-gen scientist. Just as the character in the story, like why would, why would you say this is a good idea? Yeah. Why yeah. You, like, oh. you were there when this happened last, like, man. I was one of the few people who survived when there was like this dinosaur massacre and <laughs> let's do it again. <laughs> Fire it back up, baby. Yeah. And uh. I think there might like, they, they might be trying to say something about like, what happens when man plays God? But it's lost in all this like just yeah. loud, We've big. movies that have done that way better. Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> Jurassic Park, and there are so many scenes that look like they're just straight up ripping off Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like there's that stupid bubble car they're in, and they yeah. have like the they have the mm-hmm. um, the scene where the the dinosaur like smashes its claw through the yeah. the roof of the bubble car, mm-hmm. which is like when the T Rex like puts its face in the yeah. in the top of the the Jeep in in Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and it's terrifying yeah. in that movie because that glass wasn't supposed to come loose. Yeah. So that, like, when the glass comes down on them, yeah, like, and they're, like, they're like this under it, they didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. That wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> so when they look terrified, it's because they were legit scared. Yeah. And, like, this, you can CGI how it's going to look, and you don't have a big animatronic dinosaur with an animatronic claw. Like, there's no... 
stakes for the actors to invest in because it's all going to be painted in later. Yeah. And it, I, I just there's, there's can't a couple, buy into it. There's a couple, like, scenes that look kind of cool. Like, it's yeah. like they understand the source material. Like, I think of, like, the big shot that we all know about, like, the, the wide shot of, like, the brontosaurus like, grazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're talking about, oh, the Indominus Rex. It's like, Alan's killing for sport. And then, like, you, you see that shot and it's like, you know, the brontosauruses are there, like, dead and stuff. So it's yeah. like, stuff like that's kind of cool, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's like they reference the source material, but not... But they don't not, know what it yeah, is. Like, they don't yeah. know, they, they, they just know that it's there, and that's it. <clears throat> like, they don't, they don't know how to, like, recreate <clears throat> that magic of it. They just yeah. are like, let's just recreate it. Yeah. With none of the, like, reasoning behind that original. I feel like some... Some of the reason why I feel like Jurassic Park worked the way it did is because, first off, I, I wouldn't say it's like an action movie. And it's Jurassic not. World is very much going to be like a, just kind of big, loud action movie. And secondly, it's like Jurassic Park really like focused on like the relationships between the characters. And yeah, I feel like I'm not getting any of that from... No. Uh, nope. I mean, like, I mean, like, how would you describe Jurassic Park? Kind of more of like a thriller, suspense, yeah. like you know. Yeah, it's like a dinosaur thriller. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like there's gonna be any scenes like that. I'm gonna walk away from Jurassic World like really remembering. I mean, there's like, not I, gonna be a kitchen scene. Exactly. That's exactly what I was just about to say. I'm not gonna remember like the kids in the kitchens and the raptors come in. That you scene know, is horrifying. We're all on the edge of our seats. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. You know, yeah, the tension in that scene is insane. Um, yeah, I just I can't I, I can't imagine Jurassic World having something comparable to the kitchen scene or the the like I said the through the the yeah. jeep or climbing the electric fence. Like there are so many like tension filled filled moments or like going to trip the breakers and then yeah. Samuel Jackson's <laughs> arm. Like that's so <laughs> scary. Yeah. Um, I, it, yeah, I just don't see this. And this is only this director's second film. And his first film is a movie called Safety Not Guaranteed. Did you see that movie? Mm-mm. I love that movie. I've seen it like four times. Really? Yeah, you should watch it. It's really good. <laughs> I, it used to be on Netflix. It might still be on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that movie a lot, but yeah. I cannot. I, I don't know. Um, and Safety Not Guaranteed is a very indie movie. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. indie movie. It's actually got Aubrey Plaza from Oh, okay. Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um, do, do you feel like another thing I have a problem with is I feel like we're reusing the same story arc again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like Jurassic Park, but then it's kind of like Jurassic Park 3 with, like, the intelligence of, like, I mean, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, it's a super smart dinosaur that's, like, smarter than us and can, like you know figure all these things out and what are we gonna do and i i don't know like come on guys we could have done something different yeah yeah i don't know it it just it just seems like a cash grab like it does people remember this movie and like this movie let's do (laughs) another one so that they see and like i just i (laughs) i've been so frustrated i'm glad this movie is finally coming out so i don't have to sit through this stupid trailer again and here's some Someone, I almost said a word, <laughs> and just hear, just hear someone behind me, uh. just whisper to someone else, kind of loud, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> no, it's not, man. Uh. That is, 
basically since I've started doing the summer blockbuster extravaganza, that's happened to me every time I've gone to see a movie for the show. And it, like, just rage. Like, it's all I can do to not just turn around and scream at that person. Oh, my gosh. So I'm glad this movie's finally coming out so I don't have to deal with that anymore. And I just have to deal with it with the Terminator trailer now. Well, they're gonna... Didn't they sign Chris Pratt on for two more movies? I They're don't. hoping to do a trilogy with it, right? I mean, it's going to make enough money to where they can do a second one at least, I think. Um, good or bad, I think this movie's going to make a lot of money. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I want to, like I said before, I want to try to like it. You know, I like Jurassic yeah. Park a lot. Yeah. I like Chris Pratt, but I think at, at best, it can be like a better Jurassic Park sequel. Like, yeah. it can maybe be better than Jurassic Park 3, which isn't saying a lot because yeah. that movie is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think part of the thing with Chris Pratt is they're trying to make him Harrison Ford too. Yeah. And he's not Harrison Ford. He's a much funnier man than yeah. Harrison Ford. And so I think what works with Guardians of the Galaxy <clears throat> and his performance in that is he's Han Solo, but he's really funny. Yeah. This is, <clears throat> he's Indiana Jones, but he's trying to be Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like he's not trying to be a funny Indiana yeah. Jones. And so he's just trying to be Indiana Jones, and he that's not what he does. Yeah. He's good at being like a roguish character, mm-hmm. but a roguish character that's has a more of a sense of humor than yeah. ha- than Harrison Ford's roguish characters. Yeah, I agree with that. So, and, you know, there's this talk of, of him being the new Indiana Jones officially for Disney. Really? Yeah, and I just don't know about that. Is it just for all the reasons you just described? Yeah, that, and I'm just like, why has it got to be him and everything? Yeah. You know, like... Well, he's kind of one of the hot commodity actors right now. It's like, I like him, but yeah, he doesn't have to be every character every harrison ford character (laughs) um (laughs) you know when when disney was first talking about it they were talking about putting bradley cooper in the role of indiana jones and i was like yeah i'm down that would be amazing i think he'd be an incredible indiana jones that'd be interesting i'd never i wouldn't picture him as indiana jones oh man i can totally see it just because i feel like that dude grows a mean five o'clock shadow and mm-hmm. you, know, you gotta do is slap the Indiana Jones hat on him. I think he'd be, I think he'd be really good. Yeah. But, I don't know. Um, so yeah, Jurassic World, I think we're both, I think your expectations for it a little bit more optimistic. I'm trying to mine. set the bar low, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not hoping for, you know, I, I'm expecting like sequel level stuff. And like uh. we were talking about earlier, Spielberg's had a lot of, you know, it's like he's not directing this. He's kind of had some hidden miss stuff like yeah. in the last 10 years, but he's going to make a ton of money on this. So. Yep. Yep. Ah, man. Yeah, we're not we're not looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> I would say at all. I'm not at all. Um, I do not want to see this movie. And the only reason I am seeing this movie is for you listening at home. So you're welcome. Um, yeah, I, I have no interest in this movie whatsoever. You know and, you're going to love it, MJ. And I'd like to be surprised <laughs> by it, but it is going to have to surprise me so much. It just can't. It's just, I, it there's doesn't, no way it doesn't it have the there's, structure to yeah, do that. There's it, no way it will. I feel like <laughs> I feel like my expectations are perfect for this yeah. film. <laughs> Um, no. Yeah. So that's that's our thoughts on on Duel. Um, we mm-hmm. are significantly more excited for Duel, yes. the forty four year old film, yes, than we are. Uh, Jurassic, Jurassic World. World, and it's crazy that Spielberg's been directing for forty four years. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, we'll be back next yeah. week after we see both of these movies and let you know what we thought. 
Um, I think you can gauge what we're going <laughs> to think about at least one of these films. Yeah, MJ's going to love Jurassic World. Oh my gosh. That's, that's... Good night. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. If you like the show, email us uh, before and after show at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter at before and after pod. That's at before the letter N after pod on Twitter. Uh, big show news. Yeah. We're on iTunes now. Shabam. So all you have to do is go to iTunes, search before and after show. It pops what? up. You got to hit subscribe and uh, you will get it downloaded to your device uh, every week. That is awesome. Yep. Super, super excited um, about that. It's uh, Go review us. Uh, they do yeah. look at the reviews. Give us five stars, even if you hate us. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So we're we're on awesome. iTunes. Facebook page. We also have a Facebook page. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, that's brand new as well. Uh, the before and after show on Facebook. Uh, hit the like button on that. Share the show with your friends. Comment on it on on iTunes and and uh, SoundCloud. And yeah. uh, until next week, go watch something. <laughs>